You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. All right, Dr. Roto here with hour number two. Flying solo today. I think I can manage it. I used to fly solo every day. There's something about doing a radio show by yourself that I truly love. And there's something about working with Ronas that I enjoy. I, I enjoy the give and take, but sometimes like when I'm doing my own thing, I just, I, I think in my own way, in my own patterns, and I say what I want to say when I want to say it. Whereas, you know, I, when you're sitting and listening, you know, especially when Adam's like giving me a list of like 100 uh, baseball statistics, I'm like, whatever, dude, I just want to talk sports with you. You know what I'm saying? So it's not, not like he's not amazing at what he does, but sometimes I find like, I don't mind doing my own thing every now and then. It's healthy. I hope Ronas feels the same way. I don't know. Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. But I do want to say happy birthday to the Say Hey Kid. And no, that's not my Cardano. I wished him a happy birthday in hour number one. It's Willie Mays. Now, I don't know whether your dads out there are baseball fans or your moms, but my dad is a Willie Mays fan. So you're either Willie Mays or Mickey Mantle or Joe DiMaggio. Interestingly enough, my uncle, by marriage, wrote, was the co-author of Mickey Mantle's biography. No, dude. Mickey Mantle wrote his own biography. I get that. But he had one of those guys who helped him write it because Mickey couldn't write. But my uncle wrote it for him. So, I mean, Mickey was always highly regarded in it. And the thought was that Mickey, I don't know if you guys know this, he damaged his knees early on in his, his career. And had he, because he was a little bit on the, uh, he enjoyed the nightlife a little bit too much, if you know what I mean. And uh, the thought was always that had he not imbibed excessively, he could have been the greatest player ever. But my dad loved Willie Mays. If you ever wanted to know what to get Papa Roto for his birthday, you just get him something that had Willie Mays, a baseball card, a painting, uh, anything from Willie Mays. That was like, that, that, that you knew you were good. Harry S. Truman and Willie Mays, my dad's two idols. There you have it in a nutshell. So happy birthday to the Say Hey Kid. Uh, who made one probably the greatest catch in baseball history. The basket catch. I think we could argue that's the greatest catch in baseball history. There have been some other great catches. But I think the first one is always the greatest. Kevin Pilar has had some good ones. Kirby Puckett's had some good ones. You know, Jackie Bradley. People like that. But there's only one, Willie Mays. So there you have it. Okay. Hour number two. I want to spend talking about fantasy football. That's right. So you football people out there, a lot of leagues have started to draft dynasty drafts. So in my next segment, I'm going to have my friend Pete Davidson. You can find him at Rotobahn, okay, and at uh, rotobahn.com. That's R-O-T-O-B-A-H-N. He's going to come on and talk to us. And there are a lot of players out there that we're looking at. So I don't think that this is one of the great drafts. In fact, I think that this is one of the weakest offensive drafts I've ever seen. I do. So I'm in two dynasty leagues and one I already had my draft and I was pretty happy with how it came out to be quite honest with you. Let's see. I took TJ Hawkinson at 1-9. Nicole Hardman at 2-3. I came back and took Devin Singletary at 2-14. Now, I'm in an IDP league, so I took Jermaine Pratt. Then I took Jonathan Abram. And then I took Deontay Johnson at 3-8. I came back and I took uh, an undrafted free agent later named Bruce Anderson from Tampa. But I don't know. I don't. In terms of game changers, is Josh Jacobs a game-changing running back? No, I like him. But I don't know if he's a game-changer. It's good. But I don't know if I'm winning a fantasy league because of him. A.J. Brown, Tennessee. Do I like him? I do. But do you trust Marcus Mariota? Do you trust the Titans offense to start throwing the ball? Me neither. How about Miles Sanders? I like him. But man, Doug Peterson is always the first guy to go on a committee. Always. Always. Running back by committee. 
How about Nikhil Harry? You feel good about him? I like Harry. But could we not argue that the Patriots are a run-first team now? And to solidify my point, Sony Michelle, James White, Rex Burkhead, and then they add Damian Harris. You don't add Damian Harris if you want to start throwing the football around. You want Tom Brady to last for the next three years. You're going to throw it judiciously. You're going to throw some easy passes to Harry and Edelman. You're not going to make Tom's life hard, are you? Do I love Paris Campbell? Meh. I like Paris Campbell. I do. But isn't don't they have Marlon Mack? Don't they have Niam Hines? Don't they have Eric Ebron? Don't they have Jack Doyle? Don't they have T.Y. Hilton? You think Paris Campbell is going to come in and make a dent in your fantasy roster? I don't think so. So I ask myself, how many of these players can make an impact? And I think the answer is very, very, very few. I really do. Harry maybe catches 50, 60 balls. If I say Harry goes 60 for 850 and seven touchdowns, that's actually a pretty good year. That's actually a pretty good year. I don't think he does much better than that. I think TJ Hawkinson may be the most pro-ready guy out there. He's a good player. But Detroit doesn't want to throw the ball that much either. And anybody who says Hawkinson is Rob Gronkowski... Doesn't know Rob Gronkowski. Nobody's Rob Gronkowski. So let's just get that settled right now. I liked Hawkinson. And I think he's a great pick. And I think his floor is higher than most guys in this draft. But he's not Gronk. Do I like Josh Jacobs? Yeah. Do I want him as my first running back in a a fantasy league this year? No. I don't know when I'm going to have to take him. Let me see something here. One moment. Uh, Okay. Okay, here's what I'm checking out. Where did Josh Jacobs go? He went in round number six in a best ball draft. I would say he went as a 27th running back. So let's see. Barkley, Kamara, McCaffrey, Elliott, Gordon, Johnson, Bell, Connor, Gurley, Cook, Chubb, Mixon. Henry, Fournette, Damian Williams, Lindsey, Aaron Jones, Mack. Devonta Freeman, I don't like him. Sony Michelle, scares me. Ingram, I love Ingram this year. Kerryon Johnson, Geis, scares me. Drake, ugh. Carson, eh. Tariq Cohen. I think I would take Jacobs over Tariq Cohen, but I'm not sure. I don't know. Jalen Richard's a pretty good player. I do worry about Tariq Cohen, though. I do. You've got another guy, David Montgomery, who's legit. You've got Mike Davis. So as much as I like Tariq Cohen, I do. I like Tariq Cohen. I like the player. I just don't I don't know how I, how I feel about him this year. I've got Trubisky, who's not the most accurate guy. I've got Cohen, Davis, and Montgomery. I've got Burton and Shaheen. And Shaheen doesn't suck, by the way. I've got Robinson, Gabriel, Anthony Miller, Cordero Patterson, and Riley Ridley. Is there a pathway for Cohen to get that many yards? Let me tell you something about Tariq Cohen, by the way. Last year, as many of you know, I was in first place in the online championship going into the last week. And going into the last game, I was down by like 18 points. And I went with Ben Roethlisberger and Tariq Cohen. That's who I had left. I benched Mahomes, by the way. Played big Ben Roethlisberger against the Saints. Turned out to be the right move. But Tariq Cohen, can I tell you what he did in this game? Many of you may remember this game if you owned him. But six carries, 12 yards, one reception, seven yards. Thank you so much. 2.9 points. There went my 50K. Boo! Gone. There you have it. 
So here's Terry Cohen. Ready? This is his receptions. Three, one, three, seven. That's good. good. Seven, eight, one, one, six, three, seven, twelve against the Giants. Four, five, one, two, three. So he had one, two, three, four, five games. Five games he was gold. But the rest of the games he wasn't that golden. There's a 13-week regular season in fantasy football. And there's a three-week playoff period. So there's 16 weeks. Being good five weeks doesn't make you my rich friend. Can't play him. I can't draft him this year. I don't feel good about that. Now let me look at another player here. Jalen Richard. I want to see what he did here. Now Josh Jacobs is going to play. But receiving, see, here's a problem here. 9, 0, 6, 3, 6, 7, 8. And then in the second half, 4, 5, 3, 2, 3, 1, 5, 4, 2. That doesn't help me at all. The 9 helps me. The 6 helps me. The 7 helps me. The 8 helps me. Four good weeks. Four good weeks. So what am I getting at here? I'm going to give you another guy. Nime Hines. All right? Now, I like Nime Hines. I really do. 71597. 2123129344300. So, one, two, three, four weeks where he really helped you with receptions. What I'm getting at here is you can't trust these guys who are receiving running backs. They are too hit and miss. They don't help you on a week-in, week-out basis. The running backs, the, the bell cow guys help you way more. They help you way more. So let me give you a guy like Mark Ingram. Right? Mark Ingram will do the following. So last year, this is with half the time, right? And remember, he was out in the beginning. He's getting 16 carries, two receptions, 12 carries, two receptions, 13 carries, three receptions. If he gets me two or three receptions a week, Naim Hines gets me three, Ingram gets me three, that's the same. But Ingram is going to get me 15 carries and Naim Hines isn't. That's what makes Ingram better. That's why strategically you want to get running backs who dominate three downs. Right? You want to get those three down backs. So I think Tariq Cohen is dangerous here. Is Josh Jacobs worth number 27? Probably. Probably. I'm looking at these other draft picks. David Montgomery, I told you I like, but I don't trust him. Daryl Henderson. Well, he could be worth a lot if Todd Gurley's injured. Is Todd Gurley injured? Do you know if he's injured? Do you feel confident that he's injured? We don't know anything. We don't know anything about Todd Gurley. We just know that he may go in the second round of some drafts. That might be a big mistake. What if Todd Gurley's fully healthy? But running back-wise, there aren't a lot of great running backs in this draft. I think there are guys like Devin Singletary, Raquel Armstead, Alexander Madison, uh, Benny Snell. These are guys who could be a backup RB2 or RB3. That's what these guys are. I don't know if these guys are starters in this league. Maybe Singletary in a year. Maybe. I like Jacobs and Sanders and Montgomery. But is there a role for Montgomery right away? I'm not so sure. So Jacobs has a role. Sanders may have a role. And after that, it's rough. The receivers we talked about. What about Debo Samuel? I love Debo Samuel. A lot of mouths to feed. Kittle. 17 running backs in San Francisco. Goodwin. Pettis. Hurd. All these. One football. There's only one football. Marquise Brown. You like him? I like him too. You trust Lamar Jackson? I don't. Nicole Hardman. I like him. You like him too? Yeah. What if Tariq Hill plays? You don't like him as much, do you? Now, I like him as Tyreek Hill Insurance. I'll tell you that right now. If I drafted Tyreek Hill, I'm drafting Hardman in round 12 or 13. 
Absolutely drafting him there. Because if Hill's out for any reason, I got Hardman. Even if Hill's out for an injury. And by the way, that whole suspension thing, who knows what's going on there? Who knows what's going on there now? Now there's some text where she was lying, the girlfriend. Who knows what's happening with Tyreek Hill? What a mess. What a mess. I feel badly for the Chiefs. I really do. You have Hunt, you have Hill, you have Mahomes, you have Watkins, you have Kelsey, and you think you have a chance to win. And now you don't have Hunt, and Hill may be gone. Your Super Bowl championship, gone. That's got to suck. To feel so close to a Super Bowl not to get there. Because your guys are immature. What a waste. So depressing to me. I'll tell you this. Outside of Hawkinson, the number one guy to me on draft boards in Dynasty Leagues, Kyler Murray. Because you know he's going to play. I think he's going to play pretty darn well, to be honest with you. But let's find out what the Dynasty expert says. Pete Davidson from Rotobon joins me. We'll break down some of these players. Noah Fant. DK Metcalf, J.C. Arcaciega, Whiteside, we'll discuss when full-time fantasy returns right after this. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. full-time fantasy i'm dr rota with you here talking a little fantasy football specifically dynasty and i hope you guys don't play in dynasty leagues you should so check them out and i'm with my next guest now his name is pete davidson he writes for rotobond.com one of my good old friends what's up pete how are you doc what's going on dude should we tell people how long we've known each other since the beginning of time I was going to say, how much time do we have? I, I, I mean, you and I, like, we cut our teeth together, right? Something like that. I first played fantasy football in 1990 back in college. So you actually had me beat by a couple of years. But and then what, what, was your, what year was your, what was your league in? I, I got indoctrinated when I, when I got to Shea Stadium. Like, they, they made me play. <laughs> <laughs> like, people talk to me like, how can you not play fantasy sports? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> next, thing, you, next thing you know, I'm in like nine leagues. Um, what year did Tuna start? Fantasy, I'm sorry, what? What year did Tuna start? Tuna was 1997. Established 1997. You were an original member. Right. Was that, was that, yeah, that was Midtown, right? Was that Midtown or Tuna? Well, tu- no, Tuna and Midtown are separate. Uh, Midtown actually still lives. Even without oh its original commission. <laughs> I'm actually commissioning Midtown now, if you can believe it. Really? Good for you. Well, yeah. it, it's amazing what you'll do when you have a $4 Alvin, Alvin Kamara. <laughs> <laughs> You're willing to put up a lot. I know. You're willing to put up with a lot. That's pretty funny. It's like nobody wants to commission. I'm like, uh, I'll commission. <laughs> yeah, like, this league uh, cannot right. This league I, can't I die, right? To, to a $20 David Johnson, $4 Kamara, uh, $14 Nuke, uh, $7 Devontae. I'm like, yeah, I'll commission this year. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty funny. All right, let's get to this year's draft class, Pete. I was just going in the last segment. I'll give you two guys who I think are ready to play this year. I okay. think maybe three. Hawkinson, Jacobs, Harry, and Kyler Murray. After those four guys, I can't tell you that anybody's going to make a huge impression. Okay, that's, yeah, I mean, you know, it's that kind of, like, it's a weird class. Like, everybody's talking about how bad it is, and, you know, the Dynasty Sharps are basically saying, just trade your picks, you know, move, move stuff into next year's class. And, I mean, I can sort of see that the running backs don't have the punch this year that they normally do. Um, you know, there's no Zeke's at the top, no, no Saquons. You know, so for those people who stunk last year, a little bit of a drag. But um, yeah, I'm with you, I think. I mean, Hawkinson's like number two on my board overall, regardless of position. For, for the exact reason you say, I think he can get out of the box well, even for a tight end. We know it's sort of a slow-developing position, but he's really got his game together. And I think he steps into a starting spot, obviously. And I think Stafford's a guy who can feed – uh, a tight end. So, yeah, I think he's good right out of the box. Um, Jacobs is going to get a lead role right out of the box unless something really 
goes haywire there. I think Montgomery's going to have a, a, a sizable role. The, the thing about David Montgomery's, I, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but you know, I. As much as I think he's a good running back, as much as I think that's a good offense, the Tariq Cohen thing is there, you know? Well, it is. And I was just talking about that in the last, uh, in the last segment. I worry, look, you bring in Mike Davis, who was very hard to tackle last year. Very Absolutely. hard to tackle. You Absolutely. brought in Cohen. And now you've got Montgomery. And then, you, well, I didn't even get started here. You've got Trey Burton. You've got Shaheen. Yep. You've got Robinson. You've got Gabriel. You've got Patterson. You've got Ridley. I don't know if there's enough footballs for this team. When it comes to targets, that team's like a circular firing squad. I mean, it's it's tough. They're all going to hurt each other. Even the tight like normally on a team, you can go well. Okay, the tight end is like a position I can sort of depend on. But even on that team, they've got multiple tight ends with Shaheen. So it's very difficult to know if there's a solid volume skill player there. I mean, I love Anthony Miller. I love him, but gosh. You know, I, like you say, there's one football and a lot of guys. So that's a tough spot. I'm huge on Paris Campbell. I, I think he could have a rookie year that's something. I think he could be one of the lead receivers on that team. You know, I, I'm not sure about Funchess. I mean, I thought that was a savvy ad for them. But he's on, what, a one-year deal? So if Campbell's playing well, I've got to think he can, he, can, he can push for time there. And we know Hilton is a guy who gets dinged up. So... I feel like Paris Campbell's a guy who could do something right away. And we know these Ohio State guys, they always get underestimated by the fantasy scouts because they don't run the routes that we see in the NFL and they don't get the type of target volume that we like to see a receiver get. But then these guys get in camp and they're really good football players. So they get, they get on the field and then we realize all the different things they can do. So I love Paris Campbell, really big on him. And, you know, did you mention Miles Sanders? Well, I like Miles Sanders, but my biggest problem with Sanders is that you've got the Doug Peterson committee thing going on, and you bring yeah. in Jordan Howard, and it's not that Sanders not good. I think he's really right. good. But will Peterson give him 250 touches of that football? I'm not so sure. Here's my take on it. I think he will, but the key thing for me is that Sanders has to not fumble. Like, nobody talks about it, but he fumbled a lot. Um, so that's my big concern with him is that if he does something that starts, you know, where the, question, the, the coaches start questioning his ability to hang on to the football. Apart from that, I like him. And, and you know, when it comes to the Eagles committee thing, I, I mean, have they really had a back that demanded the job? I don't know if they, you know, Ajayi maybe could have gotten there if he hadn't gotten hurt, maybe. But, but I think part of the committee there is that when you look at their collection of backs, it's like, yeah, let's, let's, let's sort of cobble this thing together. They haven't really had a lead dog yet. So maybe Sanders could be that guy. I think it's possible. I think there are a lot of players who are great, good players in bad locations. So A.J. Brown, I like the player. I don't like him going to Tennessee, right? Uh, I like like Arciega Whiteside. Don't like the fact he's going to the Eagles and there's too much depth there. Like the player, bad location. Yep. I I like Whiteside for the long term. I took him late second round in a draft yesterday. I was really happy about it. But it's because I'm deep at receiver. I got him late and I can wait. So I'm with you 100%. Um, uh, Who's the other guy you mentioned? A.J. Brown. I'm so with you on A.J. Brown. He was my second receiver going into the draft. And, you know, the whole thing that I loved about him was that he had a really good chance of getting that slot role. And what happens? It goes to a team that's already got a number one receiver, and they just gave some reasonable FA money to a guy who's really a slot. So my concern with Brown is that, A, you know, there's a pecking order where he's going. B, he may be playing outside. I'm not saying he can't play outside. I think he probably can, you know, but he's going to be, you know, a lot less targets. You don't eat as well outside. So, you know, that's my concern for Brown is that he may not be in his optimal uh, alignment most of the time. All right, let's take a look at some players here. I'll give you a couple of guys like Deontay Johnson with Pittsburgh. I like the player. I think there's a spot, but, you know, you've got Juju, who obviously is a great guy in real life and a great player. you got James Washington. So I wonder, does he have a role? I look at Andy Isabella, who I like, but there's five guys there. I think I'm giving you an example of two players who I really like, but I wonder, are they too buried on the depth charts? I mean, not not to be long-term biased, but yeah. I mean, you know, Dynasty is so individual, right? Like if you're, I call them draft and flip guys. If you're a volume trader, then yeah, rookie year production is really important because 
you're in the stock market game, and if guys don't move up in value, you can't profit. So that's a problem. But if you're a guy like me and you're a little more patient and you're drafting with a three-year window in mind, it can be a little bit different. I tend to hang on to guys. So for me, I don't get scared off of players like that. Um, I also tend to trade back a lot. My rosters tend to be deep. I, I can afford to wait. But if, if you're impatient, if you're looking to play you know, the flip game, you're right. I mean, you're probably going to lose value on a lot of these guys because they're not going to get the reps right away. I mean, it's, um, it's like musical chairs, and people don't, people don't think of it that way, but sometimes your guy doesn't have a place to sit down. Um, and you really do sort of have to look at those depth charts. And if you're looking at your dynasty team and you need immediate production, yeah, a, a, a guy like Whiteside, probably not going to do it for you this year. And, and, and the same thing um, with AJB. We're talking to Pete Davidson. You can find him at Rotobon on Twitter and, of course, at rotobon.com. So let's talk. I know you're a Jet fan. Looking at the <laughs> Jets draft as a whole and maybe what they've done in the offseason, you know, Jamison Crowder, Le'Veon Bell, Quinnane yep. Williams, Polite. Yep. This, this seems like a different Jets franchise. Maybe there's, there's hope here. I, well, listen, I mean, once Darnold arrived, I think you have to say there's hope. Um, the GM is hard to – like <laughs> i mean he's just so many vacant draft picks um you know even the darnold move we ended up having to give up three second rounders to move up to get him and the only reason we needed to do that is because they played they played mccown for six weeks because they couldn't play that awful second round hackenberg that they took so like even his good moves are sort of surrounded with you know ugly clouds um but but i'm with you i think at this point you have to be excited about the jets relative to like the last 10 years. I mean, think about this team and think about the GMs. They, they traded John Abraham. What year was that? It was like 2005 or six or something like that. They traded him for, for Mangold who has retired and they still haven't replaced the pass rushing. They gave up for Mangold. You can't make that up 15 years without a legit pass rusher. I mean, that's well, just, well, they also had no tight end until last year. I mean, when you think about it, when, when, when Johnny Mitchell did, they got rid of when Johnny Mitchell left. Who was their tight end before Herndon? It basically since Keller left, nothing, nothing, nothing. All right, A so let me boy. ask you this: in the New York's in the New York area, the Giants are getting pelted for their draft strategy. Rightly so. <laughs> I was going to say, is that rightly so? I mean, do you think Jones would have lasted to seventeen? And if not, would you have taken him at six? What did the Giants do wrong? I think what the Giants have done wrong, it's like two years in a row. I was talking to a good buddy of ours, Jack. The audience has no clue who this is. Yeah. But, um, and and I, what I was saying is that the Giants, they're like a poker player who has a good hand and wins the hand, but they didn't maximize the amount of money that they pulled into the pot on that hand. You know, I'm fine with them liking Daniel Jones. I really don't have a problem with it. My problem is that they were so in love with him that they go on tilt, and now they can't see the board clearly, and they don't take advantages of the opportunities to make some hay. I mean, maybe they can't get him at 17. I don't know. Maybe they can't, but don't tell me they couldn't have traded back a couple spots. You know, they could have taken the pass rusher and traded the pass rusher to someone three slots behind him. I mean, at the very worst, they could have moved back to a spot where if we don't get Jones, we get Haskins. I mean, you and I have talked about this many times off air. You can't fall in love. Love kills. And it kills at the professional level, too. They love Daniel Jones so much that they had blinders on. And they did the same thing last year with Barkley. I mean, at the bare minimum, they could have flipped with the Jets. They could have called up the Jets the day before the draft and said, hey, you know, if you don't want anybody jumping in front of you for Darnold, you know, flip a third or something. I mean, the Jets would have had to do it. You know, they're just so close-minded. That's the thing with Gettleman. He's, not, he's only seeing what he sees. He's only seeing the player in front of him. He's not seeing the whole board. You've got to see the whole board. All right. Is there a player in Dynasty, and one of the, a rookie, that mm-hmm. maybe people are overlooking that maybe, you know, I don't know, I'm just going to give you a, a, like a, a Foster Moreau or Kalel Waring or Travis okay. Homer. Is there somebody sure. that we're missing that maybe you think will be better than he is? Um, well, those are good ones. Um, I think oh, Zigbo, the guy that the Saints stole as a free agent, is a guy who could be pretty good and he's basically free. I think a guy that I've seen slipping in drafts, and I already have like three shares of this guy, uh, Gary Jennings, who went to the Seahawks. Um, you know, Jennings was from West Virginia, great. right? From West Virginia, Cor- right? 
Correct. You know, he did good work with Will Greer uh, in college, and, you know, he's an, an impressive route runner from the slot. He's a you know, a big, tough, strong kid with really big, strong hands. I mean, he's a good receiver, and nobody's really paying attention to him. And if you look at the current situation where, you know, Baldwin, you know, probably not going to be there. So, you know, this kid could step into a slot role pretty quickly with Russell Wilson, and it's not like DK Metcalf is a lock. Um, so I, I, I think he's an, you know, Gary Jennings to me is a guy I've been getting in the fifth and fourth round. And I think he's really got the value of a, a late second rounder even maybe. So, you know, it's funny so you he's said an example. I think three years from now, and I wrote this in, in, on full-time mm-hmm. fantasy, I think Gary Jennings is going to have a better, better connection with Russell Wilson than DK Metcalf. I worry that Metcalf it's has totally great speed. Yeah, I think he's got great speed. But, you know, there's something about why they make you do these shuttle things and these other, other things where I don't know whether he's got great lateral movement, and that might prohibit him from being a top receiver. It, the lateral movement to me, like right away when I watched DK Metcalf, the first thing I wrote was not a mega not a Julio. You know, he's not one of those guys. That's the first thing you need to sort of get out of your head. Um, and then, yeah, then the other thing is what you're saying. He's not real good in terms of breaking in or out. He's really good in a straight line. He's good going up and down. He's tough. He's strong. He can catch the ball. And he could develop. You know what's interesting about him? I like the landing spot because Seattle practices like it's a game. And he's the kind of player, that environment, it could knock him out fast or it could – you know, it's a sink or swim kind of situation. It might be what he needs, just having to go up against guys who are tough every single day. That could be exactly what that player needs. So, you know, I like the landing spot, but, uh, you know, he's still really like at the end of the first round for me. Is there any I don't know about you. out of the quarterbacks? I think Kyler Murray could be really good as soon as oh, yeah. this year. Oh, I yeah. think this guy, I, I'd be, honestly, I'm going to tell you he's a top 12 quarterback. How about that? I think in that offense, with all those receivers, he's going to have to get rid of the ball in the two seconds, which he will, and I think he might be a top 12 quarterback. Sure. I mean, look, when you're looking at that type of foot point potential, and you're talking about a kid who isn't like Lamar Jackson. This is a kid who can read defenses, get rid of the ball quickly, readjust, relocate, set the ball up, get it out. I mean, he's like Superman. Really, what do we worry about with him? We worry about Arizona not being very good overall. We worry about, you know, Kingsbury, you know, we don't know how well his scheme is going to fly. But as far as the player goes, oh, my. I mean, obviously we worry about him getting hit and the size. But it's sort of funny, right? I, I say this to people like Rivers and Brady and Breeze. They're so lucky that right at the end of their careers, they decide to you're not allowed to hit the quarterback anymore. <laughs> so maybe Murray is getting lucky, too. He's a tiny little guy. In the 80s, he probably couldn't play in the league because he'd have been broken. But now with these new rules, you can't land on the QB. And maybe a guy like him, he'll be all right. He won't get as dinged up as he would have. So. Who, who was the big winner from the draft? I, I, I was thinking it was the Redskins or the Eagles. Did you have I a like, different? I definitely the, like the, the, what the Redskins did. Sorry. All right. Getting Haskins, getting Sweat, getting Love, getting Harmon. It was, you know, it was like one of those things, like, did somebody, like, <laughs> like stuff Daniel Snyder into a closet for the weekend or something? <laughs> like, what, what happened down there? They're, they're, it's like they're drafting like a real football team. It's really a couple of years now they've, they've done okay. I love McLaren. I'm a huge fan of Terry McLaren, and I love Haskins. So, I, yeah, I really like what they did. They picked up Bryce Love fairly cheap, and hopefully they're in a position where they don't have to push him. He didn't get 100%. I mean, I... That offense with Haskins at quarterback and all those weapons now outside with a healthy Geis and Bryce in the back, wow, that's, that's a lot of juice. All right, we got about less than a minute, Pete. Geis, do you trust him this year? How early would you draft him? Uh, I, I need to know more in camp. I, I really do. I don't know right now. Staff infections and all kinds of craziness. It's, it's, really, it's, too, it's too soon to tell. So, all right, Pete <laughs> Davidson, good catching up with you, my man. Good talking to you. Thanks, Doc. All See you right. next time. Be good. You got yeah. it. All right, that's Pete Davidson. You can catch him at Twitter, at Rotoban. That's R-O-T-O-B-A-H-N. He's got a lot of dynasty information up there. You want to know his players, his picks, and he's a, a great player. So I encourage you to uh, take a look at his stuff at Rotobon.com. All right, when we come back, you know what I'm going to talk to you about? I got a trade brewing in a dynasty league. I don't know whether to do it or not. I'm confused. When I'm confused about a fantasy football trade, you know it's an issue because... I don't ever make mistakes in fantasy football, do I? 
rarely. But this one, this could be a mistake of epic proportions, or it could be genius. What is this trade? I'm gonna let you know exactly what it is right after this. From the NFL to the NBA, DailyRoto.com is the place to win millions in daily fantasy. You can get the best DFS NFL coverage all season long for a price of $129.99 or dominate the entire daily fantasy sports realm with the Elite Package at $59.99 per month. If you use the promo code FNTSY, you get 10% off your DailyRoto Package. Go to DailyRoto.com, pick your NFL or Elite Package, enter promo code FNTSY, and you'll be on your way to becoming the next Daily Roto Millionaire. All right, we're back. Full-time fantasy. Do me a favor. Catch Gambling Addicts, Red Heat, and Rage. Gabe Morenci and Cam Stewart on Game Time Decisions. Come up next at 4 p.m. Eastern weekdays right here on the FNTSY Sports Radio Network as they bitch and moan about their previous night's bad beats and let you know who their money is on for the upcoming games, and they bet on all of them. You can also watch the broadcast on YouTube and participate in the chat room or watch it on Periscope, Twitch TV, or countless of other popular OTT platforms. Become part of the show. Tune in for the entertainment, the knowledge, and for the extra money they'll put in your pockets. It's Game Time Decisions, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern. All right, before I get to my trade, I want to get to my friend Big Phil. What's up, Big Phil? Doc, how are you? I called in to help you with your trade. I knew, oh, duh. All right, ready? So he, here's the deal. I'm going to give you the whole deal, so I won this league last year, and there's no money involved. It's just pride. It's a, it's a serious XM dynasty league with a lot of hosts and people you know. So I, I want to win just because that's me, right? So I've got the last pick, the 16th pick in every round. So I offered this guy Anthony Miller, right, and all my picks except for the first round for Calvin Ridley and... That's where we are. So it's Anthony Miller and all my picks, two, three, four, five, six, for Calvin Ridley. Would you do it? Uh, just like you said, the draft this year is not uh, – rookie draft's not as strong as it has been. I think Calvin Ridley's probably in a better situation than Anthony Miller, so why not? That's what I was thinking. I mean, I don't know. I asked for a pickback. But because I mean Miller's not a he's a pretty darn good player. What round do you think Miller goes in in a draft? If we did one today, I'd say eight, nine, ten, maybe. And where's Ridley going? Oh, he's going to go on the fourth, third. Or so fourth is that fifth. is that worth all? Is that worth basically? Is that worth doing a Ricky Williams for? Well, I mean, how you know just in dynasty, you know, it depends on how deep you are. At that position, so if you're if you're really deep and you had drafted pretty well the previous years, then why not? Well, you know that was what I was thinking was that look, I won last year, my team's good. I still think I have another one year of goodness with this team, and then I'm going to have to start ripping it apart. You know, I've got the four nets and the Jordan Howards. I don't know how many more years I got out of those guys. So I may be able to do one final run, and then I got that I got to break it up. So I mean, I think Ridley's is it? Couldn't Ridley be a star? I think so. Yeah. So what happened in the Kentucky Derby, dude? How how do they call that race? Uh, how how do they do that? Okay. Uh, here, let me explain something. That happens every day in horse racing. It just because it's it. Just because it's a Kentucky Derby, you can't put that into. Did you? It. Did like you think he? Imp- did he? Imp- he drifted out at least two or three spots, and it affected. But here's my thing: it affected. Uh, I can't remember the horse's name. The war, the, the, the war, the war horse, right? It didn't affect yeah, the winner. The one horse. It affected. No, it did. I don't think it affected the winner. That, that I think the objection that should have been made by the horse. Uh, directly involved in the. Uh, Do you, you know, think it affected that? Did affect that 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 number one horse enough? Do you really think that that horse could have won had he not drifted? Well, here's the other thing I saw. I mean, I don't know why he didn't directly go to the rail when he saw uh, maximum security drifting out. 
because if he would have gone to the rail and drifted and directly ducked in, he would have had so much more room and a clear shot to the finish line. So if he would have taken the inside pass, he would have been better off than going to the outside. So were you okay with the stewards' inquiry going and changing the result? Were you good with that? Yes. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't have a problem with it at all just because it's just like you tell me in fantasy football. You can't judge the results by the decision. The That's decision true. was the right one. It gets done every day in horse racing, and everybody's talking about the instant replay and all this stuff. Um, I mean, there's inquiries, and, you know, inquiries are nothing. It's the objections are the big problem. Now, was this a steward's inquiry or a jockey's inquiry? Because usually, no, see, okay. jo- now, now what what happens at the end of a race? What they've done, the jockeys hold up their whip and they they wag it in the air if they don't have any objections or if they don't have any issues. So the jockeys are the ones that actually make the uh, the decisions, and the stewards are watching for the jockeys after the race is over for that uh, whip wag. And if all of them whip wag, then they're gonna. Don't you remember in the old days that the steward's inquiry was more powerful than a jockey inquiry? Right, when a steward did the inquiry, it always overturned, but not always with a jockey? That's still the case. But if the jockey has an objection, they're going to look at that, uh, you know, first. If the the stewards don't have a problem, if the jockeys, I'm thinking this, if the jockeys hadn't filed the objection, maximum security would have won the derby. I think so, too. Look, I don't think he was a great horse. I think he was the best horse on that day. I don't think it was a great gr- crop of three-year-olds, to be quite honest with you. You know, obviously with all the injuries and stuff, but I don't know. I mean, I guess people just want the best horse to win, and Country Road was good, but he wasn't the best horse. No, I don't mean um, You know, I am have an issue with people that are bragging about betting to win. That's what, because if you look at that horse, uh you can't bet that horse to win. I'm if sorry. that if that horse ran into Gary Dottie, now what, what happens is he put he goes into first. It drops him out of everybody's exotics bets, so everybody that had exotics with him lose all their bets because he finished first. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. I mean, if you think about it, let me ask you this: In all the derbies ever run, could he have won any other derby? Maybe against mine that bird. Yeah, I don't think this is a good horse. I really don't. I think no, I think he was I just a, he was a good horse on a on a, on a sloppy day. Have you ever been to the Derby? Right. I mean, I, okay, I told or my sister said something. She goes, you know what's going to happen? They said sloppy track. Nobody knows really who's going to win. She said something crazy is going to happen, and that's exactly. She, I mean, you know, it's exactly what happened. Something crazy happened. You know, you're not sixty five to one if you're a legitimate threat to win the race. I'm sorry. Right. You're 65 to 1 for a reason. Exactly. And I've won some, you know, I've, I've won some money on horses that were 50 to 1, but the only reason I bet them is because of the jockey who was riding it. That's it. Right. Yeah, and that wasn't because of past performances or anything like that. So. Yeah, it's just this, pure luck when you. This, this horse, yeah. Like this that. horse is one where you're like, oh, I like the name. You know, uh, I, I like his, his colors. You know, I don't think you would have picked right. this one for any good reason. Or your Bill Mott. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Good talking to you, my friend. Talk to you soon, all right? Okay. Okay, bye. All right. Take care, Big Phil. That's my man, Big Phil. He's a great guy, and he's. Uh, we'll see him out in Vegas this year, as always. But, uh, I, yeah, I am a little confused about this trade. So what happened was in this trade that I'm willing to do a Mike Ditka and trade practically my entire draft. But I think what I'm going to do is, is this. I need to get a pick next year. And I'll give up Miller, keep my first this year, and get rid of all my other picks to get Ridley. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm open to do that. I have Goff. I have Mariota. I've got Fournette. I've got Mixon. i got Howard. i got Cooks. i got Hill. i got Landry. You know, I, I think I can do it. I think I got another year left in me. And then next year, I got to get busy and start figuring it out. I got to start trading pieces. But this year, I might do it. I just like, I like me some Calvin Ridley. I have no shares of Calvin Ridley. I had one share of Calvin Ridley last year. And if you can't tell me with the protection that, that, that Atlanta got now, 
for Matt Ryan. And to be honest with you, no Tevin Coleman, which means I think they're going to throw the ball even more because you got Devonta Freeman and Ito Smith. I think, I think Ridley may be unstoppable this year. I think Ridley may be top. Let me see. I'm looking at this board here. So Ridley was the 22nd best receiver. I would take Hopkins, Adams, Thomas, Julio, Beckham, Juju, Brown, Mike Evans, Hilton, Thielen, Cooper, Allen, Diggs. I guess, would I take Diggs or Ridley? I probably would take Diggs. Cooper, Cup, or Ridley? I might take Ridley. A.J. Green or Ridley? Would it surprise you if I said I took take Ridley? Allen Robinson or Ridley? I might take Ridley. Galladay? I'd take Galladay. Julian Edelman? I'd probably take Edelman. Brandon Cooks? I might take Ridley. You know why? Because Robert Woods. I don't know. I think I take Ridley. Sammy Watkins. I might take Ridley. I think I can make an argument that Ridley could arguably be like the 15th best receiver. Maybe even better. I would say 15th best receiver, but there's a chance that he's, yeah, no, 15 is about right. So I would think that he should be a fourth round pick. By the time we get to Vegas... He's a fourth-round pick, which means you should take you should start drafting now so you can get him in the fifth and sixth round. Well, he's probably going in the round five, right? So now you're getting him in round five, and I think in Vegas he's going middle of round four, end of round three, early round four. People are crazy. Don't kid yourself. People get crazy. They do. Value changes. I would encourage you to do the following. I would encourage you, if you're going to play fantasy football this year, I want you to do a draft in July. I want you to do a draft in August. And I want you to do a draft in September. Do me this favor. Give me three drafts this year. Let's say you're a guy who only plays one. Now, if you're a guy that plays 10 teams, you know what you're talking about. I'm not talking to you. But if, you're only, if you play one team, play three. Check the value that you're going to get between July and September. Maybe a big difference. Maybe a huge difference. You may like your team a whole lot more in July than you do in September. Because in September, everybody starts paying attention. You know how many fantasy football tweets I get a day now? Zero. You know how many I'm going to get in August? 138. People start paying attention. People come out of the woodwork. Talk. How's your offseason been? Long time no see. Long time no hear. I missed you, dude. It's football time. I'm paying attention now. It's August 18th. He's paying attention on August 18th. I've been paying attention all year. I got to know what's going on. I got to know who I want to draft now. I don't know if I could draft now, though. Now is a little, I mean, I could, obviously. But now is a little early. I need to see how things shake out. Call me up July 23rd. I'll do a draft then. August 8th. It's a good day. August 22nd. It's a good day. Once it starts hitting September, though, I think the value starts to go away. It starts to go away. And then you can't get the players that you want. Or maybe you can, but you're not getting them in the rounds you want them. All of a sudden, Michael Gallup is going around, you know, 10 now. And then all of a sudden, in September, he's going around 7. Oh, about it. That happened with Chris Godwin. I was getting Chris Godwin around 13 last year. And then all of a sudden, I go to Vegas. I'm taking him at around 9 and feeling lucky to get him. It's true. That's, that's exactly what happened. I'm trying to look. Where is Godwin now? Why can't I find him? Oh, yeah, round five now. What does that tell you? Bruce Arians there. He's jumped around five. Crazy. The value changes all the time. Injuries. Things come up. Information. People talk about something. Another guy talks about something. Radio shows. Tweets. Articles. Podcasts. Values change. And you've got to keep up on the times. You know, a guy like DJ Chark is around 19 pick. 
What if I tell you on draft day, DJ Chark all of a sudden goes to round 13? Get him in round 19 now. Nobody's taking DJ Chark. Oh, there's D.D. Westbrook. It's Marquise Lee. Why is D.J. Chark? He can jump up. I'm not saying I love D.J. Chark. I'm just giving you an example. I'm giving you an example of how value can shift. And now you can get your buys. Now, May, June, early July, you get the bargains. The bargains start to dissipate as we get closer and closer to September. And then once we get to Vegas, there is no bargains to be had. Then you got to be crazy. Then in Vegas, you got to be a little crazy because you can't play it too conservatively. Otherwise, you'll lose. So you got to be willing to take risks. And when you're too risky, you can lose. Right? So I encourage you. I encourage you. Do different draft points this year. Take a look at different guys. But I do want to go back to my point earlier with Pete about Kyler Murray. I think Kyler Murray is legit. I think he could be a top 12 quarterback. I do. I think Haskins could be better than people think as early as this year. I think he's legit. I think he's better than the 31st or 32nd quarterback. I think I take him over Eli Manning. Maybe I'm wrong with that, but I don't know. I think Eli stinks. You know? I think I'd actually take Dwayne Haskins over Andy Dalton. Can't stand Andy Dalton. I don't think, you know, in today's NFL, you win with the cheap quarterback. Get a rookie quarterback. Get him for five years. Your team will be better off. Better chance at the Super Bowl. There's a great article about that in Sports Illustrated. Do you know how much the salary cap the Chiefs spent on Patrick Mahomes? It's like less than 3%. Your best player is less than 3% of your salary cap. No wonder they did well. They could afford to do things. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. And maybe, maybe it's a similar concept in, in real fantasy football. Maybe if you're willing to take a cheap quarterback late, like Kyla Murray or Dwayne Haskins, you can load up everywhere else. And if you do that, if those guys have a decent year, you might win. Worth a shot, right? Something to think about. All right. Well, I enjoyed this today. It was a very good, uh, very good time we had together. So I want to remember, want you guys to do the following. I want you to go to, let's see where I want you. I want you to go to a few places. I want you to go to playffwc.com right now. I don't know if there are any orphans for sale, but if there are, if there's still leagues looking for owners, check it out. If not, start getting into some of our drafts. Start reading our rules and seeing if we're the league for you. Hopefully we are. Made Madness, now's the time to sign up for our leagues. You get a nice discount. Always want the discount. All right? Now remember, guys, game time decisions coming up next. And if you're playing DFS baseball tonight, tread lightly. Tough schedule out there. All right, guys. Wishing you a great day. This is Dr. Rose saying be well. Take care.